you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by the future Jays, Joe Delera. You can find him on Twitter in the Action Network app at Joe Delera and Jim Turvey. You can find him at Turvey Bets because Jim actually has like a slightly interesting name as opposed to Joe, who's just like, my name. What's your like online identity? My name. That's that's Joe Delera. But the picks are hot. It's spicy. We are doing in-season tournament today. Um, MVP discussion on the Friday show with Sean Little. Make sure to check that out. Uh, we'll do awards next week on this show on the uh, Future Jays episode next Sunday. We will hit pretty much all of the non-MVP awards. We will just hit them all. Uh, and we're going to check in on all those awards next week. But this is in-season tournament week. Uh, the tournament schedule is as follows. On Monday and Tuesday, the quarterfinals are played. They have Wednesday off. On Thursday, they play in Vegas in the semifinals. Friday is off. Saturday is the uh, finals of the in-season tournament. Sunday, there are no games in the NBA. There's a bunch of games on Wednesday of everybody else. There you go. That's how the, the, that's, uh, that works out. Um, we're going to hit on best bets. We're going to hit on in-season tournament. We're going to try and talk about like the entire flow. We already have a lot of bets on this, but now that we're here and we have it, I want to get Joe and Jim on and actually like talk about like, okay, if then, especially now that we'll have best bets on these games and we'll see like what the value is, et cetera. If then we'll talk about what the outcomes for the tournament are. Wanted to let you know, everything we talk about could be found in the award-winning Action Network app. You get all sorts of cool stuff. You get the pro feature is really awesome. Um, and so one of the cool things is you can go to the pro feature on any game day and you'll just run down, scroll down, and you'll see, oh, the money is coming in on this team, but there's been sharp moves the other direction uh, on side total money line. Oh, we've got system plays in here that you can sync up using bet labs. Oh, there's this, like, you can track all that. You can also track the line movement. There is a lot of stuff that you will find messing around with the app that will help you be a better, better. Download it right now. Also, check out youtube.com slash the action network. You can check out live versions of all our shows. Make sure to check that out. Um, hopefully, we'll have some video content since... 
uh, Sean Little and I will both be in Las Vegas for the end season tournament this week. Very excited to be out there and see this thing for the first time. I'm very curious to see what the mood and the vibe is, especially because if you if you like had if you like have a job or you have flexibility and you you want to go to Vegas and like you wanted to go to this thing, you could probably find affordable tickets if you're catching my drift. <laughs> These will not this will not be an impossible ticket to find that will go quickly if the Los Angeles Lakers win on Tuesday night versus the Phoenix Suns. That that will change things. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. All right, guys, let's go around the table. We'll get best bets, and then we'll go back and we'll do the cap. Uh, Joe, let's start with you this week. What's your best bets for the Monday slate? I'm on the Boston Celtics, minus four and a half. Drew Holiday, over six and a half rebounds. And Jonas Valanciunas, double-double. Okay, Jonas Valanciunas. Thank Jonas. you. His name is Jonas. Jonas, Jonas uh, he's, carrying the, <laughs> he's carrying the will. Jim Turvey, what is your best bet for Tuesday? Yeah, I'm going to be on the the Pelicans plus four and a half and then two kind of semi-related ones. Um, The full game total under 241 uh, in Indiana and Boston and specifically the Indiana team total under 118 and a half. Okay, Uh, I am on Pels plus four with Jim and I am on uh, Pels money line for like a quarter of a unit as well. Um, Can't lessen my exposure, so might as well increase my exposure on the Pelicans. Uh, Let's start. Jim, I want to knock out uh, Joe. I want to knock out your props real quick. So let's start um, on the Drew over rebounds cap for Celtics versus Pacers. Uh, so what I like about the Drew Holiday pick here is Indiana's got one of the worst rebounding percentage rates in the NBA. Additionally, I think this is going to be a high-paced game uh, with obviously Indiana playing at just a lightning pace. And I think that Indiana's formula to win this game is going to be to try to run Boston off the court like and just try to up that variance in terms of the three-point shooting, get into their offense as much as they can, and just try to run. Um, additionally, I... And I think it's something we'll talk about, but I think that these games, I expect the starters to play a little bit more. Um, And like, it's tough to compare it to anything. Like we don't really have a comparison point. Like we don't have, we don't, we've never had an in-season tournament before. Maybe the closest thing is kind of like the play-in tournament, but I think that even that has a bit higher stakes than, than this. Right. Uh, So I do think that we'll see the starters play more minutes. Chris Stapps Porzingis uh, looks like he's not going to play. So I think that that should only help Drew Holiday secure a couple extra boards. He's averaging 7.2 on the season. Season, uh, and he's been pretty solid on this number against the against the Indiana Pacers overall. So I like Drew Holiday to go over the six and a half uh, rebounds in this spot, where I think Boston should w- kind of cruise to a win here. I'm curious on the the minutes thing because I'm not sure that I buy it. I'm not sure that I buy that they're going to play more minutes in this one because they like they have to go. They play again on Thursday, so you get yeah. two days off, which is good, but it's not like meaningfully much. There was, I will say, I will tell you this. There is definitely going to be a thing here with the contender teams, with the Bucks and the Celtics and the Lakers of like, and the Suns of like, we want to win, but we don't want to look like we're trying too hard. Like there's going to be a whole lot of the kids that are too cool. Can't look like you're actually caring about these things. That's, there's going to be some of that. So I don't know about that, but um I, hell just based off of you know look you are kind of in alignment here where look if jim's right and he hits the team total under guess what the pacers miss some shots and if there's more shots missed then drew grabs more and uh i don't have a play on it but i am in line with that um tell me about Jonas valanciunas on the double double 
So his history against Sabonis has been just dynamite, right? And I think that you need you need Valanciunas on the floor to deal with Sabonis. Um, you don't want to have Zion trying to defend Sabonis, getting in a ton of foul trouble. Like that's just not what New Orleans wants to do. Um, over the last couple of seasons, even this season alone, right? Uh, Valanciunas has two double doubles against Sabonis, uh, dating back over his last nine games. He has uh, double doubles in eight of the last nine against Sabonis in a head to head. The one miss, he had 13 points and eight rebounds. So this is definitely a spot where I think that Valanciunas uh, is going to line up and kind of match minutes or try to mirror as many minutes with Sabonis as possible. And even when he doesn't play a ton of minutes, this is a line that he has been able to hit historically against Sabonis. So it just, even though there's some fluctuations, just his rebounding rate and his ability to score has been pretty strong against Sabonis. So I like this head-to-head type of matchup where I try to target some of the centers. And additionally, he, like I said, he's gone over this in three of his last four against Sabonis over the last two years with him on the Kings. So I really like the spot. He was averaging 11 in those head-to-head matchups over the past two seasons. So I like Valanciunas to get that double-double. Jim, I appreciate that um, you decided to have a backbone and not play props here. Like, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to applaud you for... For not being like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna here's uh here's Malik Monk over three. Like I appreciate you manning up and playing, <laughs> you know, bowing up and playing actual actual picks here. I am curious why you didn't actually play any props for us on Best Bet. Is it just that you didn't find anything that was worth looking at? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I because you know I I do I love to dabble with Joe in the in the land of props, and I the the couple that I looked at um that kind of was eyeing a potential spot. I did not, they kind of, they sniffed out a few and then a few um, I wasn't fully comfortable with. I can kind of talk through one of the ones maybe that I've been denying in this uh, Pelicans game in a minute, but I, I really like both of Joe's actually, to be honest, that, that Valanciunas one. Uh, one thing that caught my eye, um, I'm going to talk through this in a minute, but Trey Murphy coming back, he didn't eat into Valanciunas' mints. I kind of thought maybe that would be the case. They'd look to go small um, a little bit more, but he really didn't. Valanciunas pretty much got full mance load. Interestingly enough, Zion, um, was the one who ate into his mantle a little bit. I don't know if that would be every game. I'd assume not. But I actually, you know, speaking of, of props, one of the ones I was looking at was um, maybe going under on Zion's rebounds um, in terms of them having more more players back, Valanciunas uh, really eating against the Kings. Uh, but they kind of sniffed that out. They said it about five and a half. Um, and I was like, nah, I don't really want to go under that one. So it, it mostly, mm-hmm. I would say, for, for tonight's slate was just nothing really, nothing really caught my eye. And, and I had a couple sides in total, so I did like. Yeah. Um, see, this is my new strategy, though, because I'm so bad at props betting. I'm just going to diminish it and demean it <laughs> while you guys continue to rack up wins betting on props. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, all right, let's get into um, let's get into to the sides and total stuff here. Let's start with Celtics and the Pacers. Uh, currently in the market, this is ticked up to Celtics minus five. The total is ticked up to two forty and a half. No surprise there uh, that this is now stretched to two forty, given that the Pacers over has been just extremely good to play. Like the pay- the Heat won the other night is like the pinnacle of it. No Tyrese Halliburton, and they still like somehow put up a monster number on Miami. I know Bam was out, but like, holy God, if they're going to put up that kind of number, that's crazy. And typically like, I love like the easy play. I, I've bet ridiculous numbers on overs with the Pacers, but I do surprisingly do have this projected under. And as this continues to kind of get up there, I'm getting closer to wanting to bet an under along with Jim on this one. Um, Jim, go ahead and give me the cap for why you like the under. Let's start there in Pacers versus Celtics. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely wary. You know, there is a little bit of fear going on and under again, like in any game with this Pacers team right now, because as we've talked about, the offense is historically great and the defense is historically bad. And part of that is the, you know, if we're looking at raw, raw like points allowed, that's going to be from pace, but it's also just a pretty bad defense. They're much more focused on getting the ball out of the hoop and running you out uh, the gym with an offense. That's, that's really going to be the focal point. But um, the reason I'm looking under on this and, and hopefully you can, you can wait on this. I, I keep an eye on it. Like you said, it has steamed up actually quite a bit. Um, there's always a little bit of fear when you're going against that. But I, I think this is a spot where actually the Celtics offense has kind of cooled off a bit in the last couple of weeks quietly. They're down to, um, if we use cleaning the glass, which cuts out those garbage time minutes. They, they're the 22nd ranked offense in the last two weeks, which is Ooh. way down from ninth overall on the season. So, you know, if we look at it from the Celtics side of it, that's that's one one factor. They did really run the Pacers out of the gym the last time they played. Um, put up 150. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but hey, hang on. <laughs> let, let's let's put some context. Yeah, he scored 155 points. Like we we need to like make sure that we're not like oh yeah like they beat the Pacers badly. Like no, they scored 150 on them. Insane. Yeah, it was. It was arguably the the most. I, I was it the biggest blowout of the season. It must be right. I don't think we have any other 50 point losses. Uh, the of Pistons the season, bite, but, but like you know. <laughs> Pistons have two or three of them. Um, but I, the my favorite part of this is the the Pacers part of it, which is which goes into why I also have the the Pacers team total under targeted as well on that one eighteen and a half. Um, so part of this is that Halliburton is questionable. Um, you know, we we talked through a couple weeks back um, when I made my slanderous comparison to to Chris Paul for Halliburton, just how amazing he has he has been in terms of uh, impact on the the Pacers the last couple seasons. So I, I I'll just run through these really quick. Um, but again, points per hundred with him on it's 121 with him off 113. Three point percentage drops four points. True shooting percentage drops six points. The turnovers go up by two per hundred. They get their free throw rate plummet. So really, he is essential to driving this offense. Now, as you pointed out, the last game against Miami, they got over the line even without 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 Halliburton. And in this game, honestly, I think even if Halliburton plays, I am going to be comfortable. It will be much less of a hammer and more of a, a lean. 
Um, but I think that that Boston really has the defensive personnel that can kind of give Halliburton some trouble. Um, us three right here are probably about as high on Halliburton as, as you're going to find uh, out there. However, I, I think, at least for me personally, a, a good chunk of that is I think he is like one of the three or four smartest players in the league right now. And it isn't, I mean, he don't get me wrong. He is incredible. At, he's an incredible athlete. He has incredible vision. But I think a lot of what he is so good at is is picking a weakness and really, you know, just shredding it over and over again. And this Celtics defense, eventually the their backcourt, especially the backcourt, is really, really strong. Um, probably about the best in the league. I think the biggest argument for another incredible defensive backcourt is the Magic. Um, and look at what he did against Magic. It was his worst game of the year. He had 12 points. He really struggled. I don't think we're going to see that bad of a game from him. I think that was, you know, a little bit of a one-off. But I do think this is a defensive backcourt that if anyone can give Halliburton a little bit of trouble and if anyone can slow this Pacers offense down, it's a defense like the Celtics that has, you know, Drew, Derek White in the backcourt. Really, really strong. Um, so that 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 Pacers under is my favorite part of it. But the the game as a whole because of the way the Celtics offense has been the last couple of weeks, hasn't been quite up to their standards. Um, I like, I like the, the over if, if it doesn't get, start to trend back down towards um, where it originally opened. Okay. Counter. Um, they're playing the Pacers who are currently 30th in schedule adjusted defense. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Um, and you know, it's what's funny is I looked at, the, at how I have this projected. I can't play an under cause I have this literally at, uh, I have it at 238 and a half. And it's just like, there's not enough clearance on that for me to bet it unless it's got like 244. Um, what's interesting though is I have it projected Celtics slightly over and Pacers slightly under, and so like I have a little bit of a of an edge on playing both sides of that. Which honestly, it's it's why I like I think your Pacers under mm-hmm. the best here, where Boston might go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, like that to me might be the tension point here is like Boston, Boston against this defense. Like Boston's under offense may underperform, and so they don't go under, but like the Pacers defense is still so bad. Like that's the question mark here versus what do we know? Like what do we, we target? Know, yeah. Like what we know is the Pacers offense is really good, but the Celtics defense is number one in the league and they've held down the Pacers before. Um, I, I, I would love the Pacers to win this game. Like I hate that this is who they got. <laughs> I would much rather have it be like, how good would Nick's Pacers at the field house be with all like the Ewing Miller stuff? Yeah. Um, how good would honestly Pacers Bucks be given that the Pacers have like already pushed them this season? Um, that would be really good. Like, I, I hate that this is the matchup because like the Pacers are one of the most fun stories. And Joe, you've got them minus four and a half, the Celtics minus five. I think you're probably fine with two. Yeah. It, it just, this is such a bad matchup for, for Indiana. And even without Kristaps Porzingis, who's going to miss this game, you know, it, even if Tyrese plays, Tyrese has a, has a respiratory infection, by the way, that, Either way, I, I, I just can't – I've tried and tried, and I can't get to a spot of the Pacers are going to win this game. If they do, it's going to be amazing, but I can't, I can't find a way that they're going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way that Indiana wins this game is, like, they, they variance them. Like, it's, it's a one-game one situation, and the shots fall. You know, like, if they can shoot 50% from three, which against Boston, very tall task. Like, the, the circumstances are just not there. Like, the margin's not there. If Honestly, if this game was in Boston, like, and maybe we saw, like, Boston minus nine and, like, a plus 310 money line, I probably would be betting Indiana just based on, like, where the value is. Like, I think – I just think that the home court – 
here is like making the line somewhere that I think is valuable. Like I don't really like, I don't know like how much this home court really means to an like a, a young Indiana team who's never really had to play in any type of circumstance that's like or any game that's like this important right now. Like whereas Boston, yeah. this is like you know we kind of talked about this off air a bit, but it's like. How much like is Boston going to really even be that concerned about this? Is this just like a regular game to them? And I think like maybe being able to go into the game like kind of loose and like playing the way that they play, like they don't have to do anything different. Boston doesn't have to scheme differently to defend the Indiana Pacers. Like they can just go out there, do what they do. And I think that that's super valuable in the spot. So at four and a half, five, five and a half, I'm pretty comfortable laying that margin. I think that you're going to see a lot of free throws maybe at the end of the game, especially like if it's close, um, which I think could help us get out of that threshold too. Like if it is a little bit closer, I think that, you know, like if it's at a five point game or a six point game, like you're not going to see them just say like, all right, we're going to give it to you. Like, I think we might see a couple fouls there towards the end where, where you wouldn't, but I'm not even really that concerned uh with that circumstance i think that boston is the better team just overall and i think that what you mentioned about the backcourt is damaging enough for halliburton and the fact that you know if he is dealing with a respiratory illness which like obviously is but like i don't know how bad that's going to be you know come monday night that could impact the way that he plays or the minutes that he plays maybe he can't play 45 minutes um in a spot where indiana who you know is a younger team probably wants this like wants this moment for these players for this organization that like they they might really care about this in-season tournament maybe a little bit more because they don't necessarily have those title aspirations but like this is their thing maybe they can't run him as many minutes as they would normally want to so i i'm very comfortable laying the four and a half and the five and like you guys mentioned like i'm super high on halliburton this game I I just think this is just the worst matchup they could have possibly had. Uh, And Boston, you know, is for all intents and purposes, the best team in the league right now. Uh, And even without Chris Stapps Porzingis, you still have Al Horford. You have a very strong starting five here. Uh, I think that they kind of take care of business here and move on. So with uh, normalized home court advantage, I have this actually uh, Celtics minus eight. Okay. With adjusting for in season, how the Pacers have been at home. I have a 2.4, right? So that gives me like two points of value. If, and those have been a little bit actually been that that has overperformed the, the normalized over the last three weeks as we start to see standardized numbers. That helps a lot for my projections. Uh, so like I should have a little bit of value on Indiana here, but it's again, it's a, you're right. That's a weird environment. It's a different environment. Like did the Celtics, do the Celtics come into this and are like, no, no, no we're, we're winning the 500,000. Let's, let's treat this like a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, like, what does that look like for Indiana? Um, you know, what does the variance look like? Like KP's been out. I think it's a big part of the offense struggling lately. Yeah. Like that is a significant loss for them, you know, but it's not like the Pacers as as much as I like the Pacers bigs. I like the Pacers the bigs as in like, like, oh, they just like help. Not as in like, oh, the, like Miles Turner is going to go off for 25 and 10. Yeah. You know, like that's not going to happen. So I'm kind of with you. The four and a half though is why I don't think I'll play it is – we're in that range of I'm very I'm very cautious about numbers between four and six and a half. It's not like the NFL where there are key numbers, but if the Pacers are down four with seven seconds left, maybe they foul. Maybe they don't foul, right? And that's maybe they just run it out. And whenever you're in that spot where they can run it out, I get real nervous about how to lay numbers if I don't have a significant edge in the spot 
or in the projection. I think it's a really interesting matchup. It should be like better than it was that last time. Yeah, it has to be. The Pacers have kind of shown they can bounce back. What, Joe? Halliburton didn't play in that other one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. You know, and we who knows what he's gonna what what he's gonna look like with a respiratory infection. Um, hey Matt, real I'm, quick, do yeah. you think if Halliburton is ruled either officially out or officially in, this, like how much of a how much is Halliburton baked into this line? I I see kind of seventy five percent playing based on this line. I think. Yeah, this suggests that he's gonna play. Yeah, and usually when guys have like respiratory infections, they can get them healthy because they have guys giving them. Um, I actually heard a player talking about this, about what they did, uh, which is like they were sick. And so they were like, yeah, OK, you come in, you take your IV, you go immediately to the sauna and you sweat it out. And then you go back and you get your IV and you go in the sauna and you sweat it out. And I'm like, I want this when I'm sick. This sounds amazing. <laughs> and they're like, OK, go and, go and take a two hour nap and then we're going to do it again. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, what? Like, you know, why can't I be treated like a, like a, like a 15 million dollar a year NBA player? Um I do think that if he plays, I don't think this moves if he plays. I think that this probably. I think it moves like, especially because we're seeing movement on Boston, so it's like they're not. They don't need to move it back. Yeah, yeah. they they don't need to. If they move it back, they're just going to take more Boston money. Yeah. But if he doesn't play, this goes. It's going to skyrocket. It's got to skyrocket. Like it has to. Yeah. So like. Let's see what I've got him at. Yeah, I've got him at. <laughs> I am high. Is what I'll, I'll say as far as like what he's worth to like, the spread. Like you're replacing him with TJ McConnell, and I love a good TJ McConnell prop. But like, come yeah. on, like what are we doing? <laughs> Not gonna it's be good. Probably, I would say it's probably Boston minus eight then. Um, and if you want to go further, and it's like a, you know a six point move per thirty six is not crazy to think about so it's probably somewhere between three and six it's probably maybe it's like five four and a half five um four and a half is probably pushing it i think for a player like tyrese even though i would have him higher um so it probably goes to this does probably pop up to like nine and a half he he really screams to me one of those guys that's pretty hard to put an exact like yeah. like he's like in the Jokic zone he's not in the Jokic zone overall but i'm just saying he's yeah. in that zone of impact on his team's offense where it's really hard to capture that by in like a sane number for the book i yeah, I, right. I, I think at least buckets is presented by bet mgm use bonus code action when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Jim's on Pacers, team total under, and the Boston under. And Joe likes Boston minus four and a half. Uh, Nothing for me on this one. I do have Celtics in a parlay, and that's all I have uh, on the money line for this one. Let's talk about the most fun game of the night, the Sickos game of the night. I'm so excited <laughs> for this. We got Pelicans, Kings with stakes. This is the dream for me. You can keep <laughs> Lakers, Celtics, and Lakers, Suns, and all this. Go- Give me this game. I'm so excited for this one. Uh, the K- Sacramento Kings are four-point favorites versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Total is at 235. On the injury report, Larry Nance is out as he's got a rib fracture. Matt Ryan is out with elbow soreness. Uh, Chris Duarte is questionable for the Sacramento Kings with left knee soreness. And Alex Len is out with a high ankle sprain. That wraps up your injury report on it. Um, 
No play for for Joe on this one. Uh, he's only got the, the Valanciunas prop. Yeah, uh, Jim, I'm with you. Why do you like Pels plus four and a half? Yeah, for me, this is not a bet against the Kings as much as it's a bet on the Pelicans. I'm with you. This is the game I'm really excited for. I think this is going to be an incredibly fun game. Um, these are two teams that are actually pretty similar in that they've been kind of around average if you look at just their season numbers as a whole, but they're getting healthier. And to me, they're two teams that are like very live to to make a run here and and really are super fun teams just to watch right now. I think why I lean the Pelicans uh, in this match in particular is a couple of reasons. I, I think I think it's going to be an incredibly close game in which I want to grab the points. I think four and a half is a little bit too long. I'd probably make it around two and a half or three. Um, so if I'm seeing four and a half, I'm going to snag those couple extra points. Um, for me, it's also a depth play, um, which is why I, I have another way of approaching this. If people are going to watch the game and they definitely they think they're going to be doing some live betting, I don't hate waiting until that first substitute mark and play and seeing what number you can get for the Pelicans there. So I think the starters are about even maybe a tiny edge to the, to the Kings, maybe even, but I really love the the bench unit for the Pelicans. Once again, it's looking really strong. They're, they're 10 deep right now is so nice. They start, you know, column, Herb Jones, BI, Zion, Valanciunas. That's their, their solid starting five, but their bench unit, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Jordan Hawkins, who's been amazing in his rookie season, Dyson, Daniel, Najee Marshall, who's had who's having a pretty strong season out of nowhere, kind of, and and Cody Zeller, they their their depth is really really strong. So I, if you're going to be watching this game and you, you're planning a live bet, I don't hate waiting until you know maybe even second quarter. If it, if it's it's sometimes it's tough to get you know when it's like actually live action, it's tough to get that bet down. The books are moving it so quick. So yeah, I, I really like the the depth of the Pelicans here, and yeah, this this isn't a bet against the Kings as much as you know. My Pelicans have Troy Murphy back. Troy Murphy, I'm going to bring him up every five minutes on a podcast for the rest of the year now. This is my absolute guy. University of Virginia player. I'm a Virginia fan. Wahoo wah. But I think even more than that, he is truly one of the more underrated players in the NBA. I've seen Matt, you call him the second best player on the Pelicans. I'm with you 100%. I, I think he's an incredible player. Got up 10 threes in 22 minutes in his first game back. I was That was another player I was potentially looking at for a prop. Mm-hmm. I want to see one more game to see where his minutes are at. And I think, you know, in the, in this in-season, the, the minutes in general could be a little funky. So I want to avoid that. Sacramento's pretty good at limiting threes as well. But Murphy's going to be a guy who I'm I'm looking to play in many ways um, as, as he comes back here because I think he's, you know, one of the more underrated and, and talented and, and really impactful guys in the NBA. They were plus 20 in Trey's 22 minutes in a game. That's good. How good. He's really good. And like he talked about like the connection (laughs) with him and Zion. Um, All right. So look, I'm on Pels because I, my projection makes this uh, Kings minus one. So I'm on Pels money line and Pels plus four and a half. The caveat here to, to get a little fire hydrant and douse you down a little bit, Jim. (laughs) Pels are bad on the road. Uh, they're real bad on the road. They're three and six straight up, three, five, and one ATS. I want to dig into this for just one second. So the losses and fails to covers are on the Nuggets are on the road. No one beats Denver at home. The Wolves on the road, the best team in the Western Conference. The Rockets in early November when they were playing extremely well, they pushed on the spread that game. Uh, the Jazz twice. And then the Bulls game the other night with the Kobe White game because that team is basically playing like, hey, the the starters are out. We can make some. We can get our stats up and get our money up. And they're playing more free because they're playing without basically the political 
tension that exists between DeRozan and Levine in the front office. That doesn't excuse New Orleans. New Orleans should have won the Utah game. They should have won the Chicago game. They should have won both Utah games and the Chicago game. Should have won them. But what's interesting, I think, about that win-loss profile there is none of those teams are in their tier. It's either teams that are definitively above them, like Denver and Minnesota, or it's teams that are definitively below them, like Chicago and Utah. The Kings, I think, are in their tier. This is an even matchup. This is mm-hmm. a even matchup with stakes on the line. I like the JV Valanciunas combo against Sabonis. I like their ability to spread the floor. I like the fact that they have GTA, Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, all to throw on De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. Um, you can win the Sabonis minutes by a pretty hefty margin. If they run the Zion and four shooters lineup that I love it when they run it, they will absolutely cook in the minutes when Fox is not on the floor. They will dominate those minutes. Love this matchup. Love how it looks, Joe. So I fully expect the Kings to win by 15 points. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just one of those spots, right? Like with the, when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who's just been absolutely balling out, like in, especially in these in-season tournament games, and he's looked so good this year. It's tough to, you know, it's tough to kind of count the Kings out of it, especially it looks like Keegan Murray should be available to play. So I think that obviously helps them stretch the floor. It's actually been very helpful on their defensive end too. Um, I think just because it's less Herder and less Chris Duarte. So maybe that, so that's like a little bit of a factor there, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm really with you guys. I think that the spot would be to back the Pelicans here, especially with the line. Um, it seems like they're, Kind of, I feel like the Kings are slightly overvalued, especially when you look at schedule adjusted net rating and theirs are almost the same. You know, the Pelicans are plus 0.8, Kings are plus 0.1, and they're only separated by, uh, you know, by one spot basically in the standings for that, right? From 16th through to 18th. So I do think that this is a spot where, you know, I, if I had to pick a side, I'm back in New Orleans. And it's interesting and it's a little bit tough because I know we have talked about, I think it was on the last one, we're talking about like who should we be betting for, you know, an MVP type of ticket. Um, and I think that that's one of the more interesting things about this game in particular because you do have such like polarizing players on each team between Zion and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you know, and maybe that's a way that I might, you know, that maybe we can decide it's like, oh, like maybe I want to add to a position on one of those guys just in the event that they kind of get advanced through rather than taking a money line spot here and what, you know, maybe could be a coin flippy game. So I have Zion Williamson in season tournament MVP. I also have Tyrese Halliburton MVP, which just again, just that one's painful. why the Celtics? Yeah. What? Why couldn't the magic make it? <laughs> what? How much better would this have been if we got in the ma- if we got in the magic? Just you don't need this Celtics. This is Adam yeah. Silver. Uh, I do not agree that it would yeah. be better with the Magic than the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. anyone yeah. that bet, like, like Celtics minus 25 plus. <laughs> so, clear on this. I am not one of these, like, the NBA rigs thing. I think that stuff's stupid um, <laughs> from, like, how I've, I've seen the league. But I will say that in the I know that in Secaucus, where the NBA headquarters is, there's got to be just, like, a huge, like, a, basically a prayer circle hoping for, <laughs> for Celtics-Lakers in the finals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it would just... You know, like Knicks Lakers, great. Um, you know, Knicks Suns, okay. But like, from from a uh, from an NBA perspective, even Bucks Lakers would be great. You know, Giannis versus LeBron, fine. But the NBA's got it. This game, these two teams, the NBA's be like, you guys can have this game, and then you gotta get up out of here. 
We got, got a guy get out of here. Can't have Sacramento or New Orleans in the finals. Um, New Orleans, Indiana. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I bet um, I do have, I've got KD position, so I'm, I'm okay on that. I think the, the problem here is I don't, like, I want to be like, I've, you know, we've made it all this far. We, we have these incredible tickets on these MVPs at these long prices. I don't feel like I have a good way to hedge out of them because of like who they're going to face in the next rounds. Yeah. Like I can't just be like, Oh, I'll take Jason Tatum tournament MVP or Celtics to win the, win the thing. There's even at one book, there's a, um, there's like a Celtics and Kings to uh, either one can win at a plus number. Like, okay, that's like a, an opportunity. I don't feel like there's any way from, I just have to like live with the fact that I took these long shots and like either they'll come out or they won't. There's no hedge opportunity until we get to at least semifinals. So I kind of just have to live with this. Um, Kings are a very big open spot for me in terms of my positions. Um, I do. I think I have an Anthony Davis finals MVP as as well, which I don't think that will happen. But do you guys like, I guess here's my question is, all right, we like Pelicans and we like Celtics. What's the way to bet if we, if those two teams are going to win, what's the best future angle to take off of that? Jim, do you have thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think this is a, fun time to have the conversation of do we think like how do we think this award is going to be handed out do we think the voters are truly gonna like pull up the in-season tournament box scores and somehow pick out the six games which i have not been able to find statistically pulled out those six games it's very challenging i think what it's going to be is it's going to come down to the two games to, to in vegas and honestly probably the, the finals game the final game itself i think is going to weigh immensely which makes me go back to where i was at the beginning of this which was i really like a good team the second or third player on that team um you guys were laughing for the pod <laughs> you know what powering through uh trey murphy that is the finals mvp that i want right now well, scott no all odds. you will <laughs> there are no odds there- they will not even in, they will not humor me at all. But I believe he is the second best player on the team that I could I see a potential run from in the Pelicans. Um, and here's the thing: if it is one game, this is a guy who got up again 10 threes in 22 minutes. This guy who could easily score 28 points. I made the comparison. Not that these are these are not equal players. I'm going to say this very clearly: these are not equal players. In the WMB in WNBA, we saw in the Commissioner's Cup game. John Cole Jones, who does admittedly have an MVP that Trey Murphy doesn't have yet. Uh, but she won at 34 to one because the books priced this as if they priced like a, an MVP for the season. To me, they are very different. It, this is something where there's far more variance p- possible. I think the team is more likely to be one of these top teams, a Celtics, you know, um, I'm reading the Pelicans as maybe a little bit higher in the West than some other folks are. Um, but I think it can be a second, third, even fourth best player on one of these really good teams that can win the award. So for me personally, that's, that's the, the way I'm going to go back to it and, and, and look for a long shot to, to place alongside our, our Halliburton's, our Zion's, our Celtics at, you know, uh, 34 to one. Hopefully you got, um, if, if we, if you got in time last week on the buckets pod, but I, I, I I really do think there is value to the kind of variance in player performance in one, two game stretches. I really don't think they're going to look at the six games as a whole. It's just too hard. It's too difficult to find. It's, it's and it's going to be front of mind as we see the finals play out. So I don't know. Are you guys with me at all or no? If, if Trey has that many points and that many touches to put him in line for it, 
you need to bet against the Pelicans because Brandon Ingram is going to spear him into the front row <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't get the ball anymore. Like, here's the thing. I think, I think that you, what you, this is a, again, there are just so many ways where I'm like, oh, I get why you and Brandon are friends because like, this is the brand, this is the Joe Ingles that we've talked about where it's like, Oh, but Trey Murphy had like 20 points and three threes and clean like the, or five threes and then clean like the biggest one of the game and his defense. And like, he was really the most important. It's like, yeah, but Brandon Ingram had 32 in the final. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Brandon Ingram, like Brandon Ingram had 32 points on 28 shots in the final game. He yeah. probably lost yeah. then, but like, it's not the point, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. You know, or, but the Celtics, Celtics, yeah. the Celtics just did what yeah. they do. Right. Um, I think for me, when I kind of look at, by the way, uh, let's do a little, I'm going to do a little editorial. This, this is like nerd, nerdy, but we need to do this because Jim mentioned that he doesn't know how to find these stats. And so Jim, <laughs> oh, you go to your please, yeah, please do a little guy. If, if you go to your Slack, okay. All you got to do is go to the stats page on, on uh, stats.nba.com under the player tab, go down to traditional stats and then go under season type and click on in season tournament in the little drop down menu. That's okay. It. That's so pretty easy. That. Uh, this, this completes <laughs> learning how to use the stats.nba.com site with Matt and Jim. Um, Listen, as I a wish... future NBA reference uh, ambassador, it's I, I am I'm living there all the time. I want to be able to click those six games. Looking forward to Brandon once again caping for BPM even harder. <laughs> uh, Jalen Brown, I think, is like a good candidate maybe for that. A really funny one, if you want to look. I'm just well, it's, you guys are on with us tomorrow, which is a shame. Um, if you're gonna go the second best player route, you, you know you know who you need to be betting. Oh, this is gonna be good, <laughs> Jim. You gotta bet Julius Randall at twenty eight to one. Okay, buddy. Julius Randall is the exception. There is no universe in which <laughs> Julius Randall is winning Ray this Murphy, award. Ray Murphy, yes, but former all all NBA selection all star Julius Randall. <laughs> time to a bridge too far. Two time. I, I think that's, two time. It's actually it's funny that you say that though because I don't. It's it's not I don't think it's honestly as crazy because in part like if Randall yeah. plays the way that he's supposed to play, like or the way that he's capable yeah. of playing, that's probably like a huge factor in why the Knicks can win. Um I and like I mean we're I don't want to get into it too much, but like I like the Knicks against the Bucks, so um I'm not biased. Well at Joe, all, actually but... could you get into it a little bit? Because I actually think that I am with you on the Knicks. I think Knicks are a team that we both think are are not priced right as the like the long dog left yeah. the, the like the longest odds left. And you did a really good job laying out on Twitter how it's better to do the mechanical parlay rather than bet a Knicks future right now. Yeah. So basically, the way that I looked at it is, I think the best in mark like the best odds that are that I've seen were twenty to one, and I don't even think they're there anymore for the Knicks to win the title. So like at best, you're looking at sixteen to one. And I built it out mechanically, right? So against Milwaukee, there it's kind of come down a bit now, uh, but they were plus two fifteen at the open. I think they're around like plus two hundred or so now. Uh, we'll see, you know, kind of how this game closes. But projecting that they would probably be they would probably be similarly situated against a Boston Celtics team, right? They're probably going to be plus two hundred again. Uh, it's going to be on a neutral floor. Um, so I think that's relatively important, right? Uh, and then you figure in the title game, I, like I think that Phoenix probably gets there out of the West. Um, so it, like looking at it that way, they're probably going to be plus 200 again. And conservatively, like if you just do that three times in a row, you're looking at like 
27 to 1. Uh, and even if they, they play Indiana and maybe it's a plus 100, you're looking at uh, like it was about like plus 1700 or so. So like in terms of the combined odds. So I think for like a team like New York, who's pat like per- my perception of like what their path would be is that it's probably one of the most difficult to get to the finals or to win the finals that the odds are going to be a little bit longer. I also like the fact that with New York or in this, in, it's such a condensed time frame, right? Like New York could in theory, let's say like they beat, Milwaukee but like Brunson gets hurt like at the end of the game then it's like well I'm not gonna bet them again you know what I mean so like since it's only three games you kind of have the ability to to do that like where it's like all right well I can just roll it over and like I'm not waiting a ton of time between games because the whole thing is happening between Saturday like between now and Saturday and it's over so I think that if you look at it and you can kind of project what the odds are uh, that's kind of a good way to do it when you're betting on these futures anyway. But I think especially for the Knicks, because they're at best, I think 16 to one in market. Now it seemed better to build it out just based on the way I was projecting it to go forward. There is in the market, a Lakers to beat the Knicks in the finals at 28 to one, hmm. which I, that gets a little interesting. Yeah. I think that's a but different number. That's me who that's, that's me who always wants to, Bet the exactos for the outcomes of these of these games. Um, do you guys have a lean on who you think wins Lakers Suns? Because I I'm on Lakers. I I kind of, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Night. I like Phoenix honestly. I I like okay. what I like what they have with Durant and Booker. They just look incredible this season. And like I know right. the Lakers, you know, like the Lakers kind of took it to the Rockets the other night, like after being down and then kind of coming back. Um, and I feel like LeBron like always gets up for this type of thing, but what the just the raw efficiency between Durant and Booker and then I think like Nurk is like of is is like a valuable ish piece in here uh just as like a body against Anthony Davis so Mm -hmm. I'd rather have him than Aiden I think in this matchup like it's kind of you know a little toss-up-y but I I do lean I do lean Phoenix just in the matchup um, I think that the offense has just been so good with Booker and Durant on the floor, especially Booker, that I don't know. And like, I just don't know what version of Anthony Davis is ever going to show up. Uh, and I and that's sure. like, and I think that's the thing that's hard for me in the matchup where like Booker and Durant, like I know they're like, they're going to show up. They're going to, sh- and they're going to put out and like same with LeBron, honestly, but he, even LeBron has taken a little bit of a step back offensively this year like he doesn't like some games he'll explode then other games left 15 points so it's not I don't know like you know like what kind of step he's gonna have and like I feel like there's too many variables uh especially defensively for even the Lakers on the ex on the perimeter with like Russell Reeves like etc like I don't know how they're gonna stop Devin Booker at all I just don't I'll just say I just don't trust um I don't trust the, the Suns defense yeah Right. And the Lakers, when they have they face softer defenses, tend to that's when they start to kick it up a little bit. Um, also, like LeBron will get up for, for beating Kevin Durant. Uh, I will be remiss if I do not mention this because Brandon Anderson has been texting me about it like every three seconds. Uh, if so, the Lakers are at home for the Suns. If they win in that, they play two games in Las Vegas. Those are going to be home games. Yeah. Because everyone from LA will drive to Vegas for those. Suns is like second on the pretty that's pretty good for being able to to get a home crowd there but the Lakers is a whole other deal and there's a ton of Lakers fans that live in Vegas and will go to it so they are the only team that I do not have projected for actual like neutral court for being actually 
a home game for the Lakers, which is a big reason why I like them. That's the core of the the Suns thing too. Is is if this was on neutral court, I would probably not like the Lakers. I would like the Suns, but it's not. It's in L.A., so I'll take them there. Jim, do you have thoughts on Lakers Suns? Yeah, it's a little bit of a head in the heart for me. I I think by the numbers, I definitely go towards the Suns. Um, but I do think that there is something to the LeBron Kevin Durant thing. I think I think LeBron will be really locked in for these games um, in a way that maybe we haven't seen the entire season. He, he's he's played amazing, but I think there will be an extra level that he has for these games, and that's kind of the the heart, you know, kind of not going against the numbers. But I I think why I land back to the Suns in the end is I think I, at this second I do think Devin Booker is the number one player of those kind of big four that I would want on on my team in that game. I I'm the high guy on Booker, I have been. I, I I just think he he showed me in the postseason last last year that he really does have another level offensively and another level defensively. And so if they're treating this like a playoff game, I really think Booker is going to be the best player on the court. And, and so I'll go back to the Suns there. And that's that's why I like them on on the West as a whole um, for for the in season right now. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna bet Knicks to win the tournament. Let's go. Um, <laughs> You're saying I should just bet the I should do the mechanical. I think you should just roll it over. Yeah, yeah. I think the odds yeah, just roll over. Just roll it over. Okay, I'll just take the I'll just roll it over and we'll go that way. But I think I'm going to do that because um, I do think I like them versus the Bucks. Yeah, and I have a position. We have that great Celtics ticket that we got thanks to to Jim that um, Jim Joe and I then nuked for him um, <laughs> immediately on the podcast. Uh, sorry about that. That's <laughs> on me. I disappeared right after. I should have bet it instantly. Well, I feel I feel uh, worse for the listeners because it's like and it was really funny because Jim's like, "Are we going to bet that?" Or and then like Jim's like, "I just looked at the notifications as Joe and I both <laughs> hit that thirty four to one, <laughs> just just destroyed it and immediately like it started going down." Um, but yeah, like look, I like the Knicks in the versus the box. I like the Knicks versus the Celtics, and so like I think they have a really good shot to to get to that final round. We'll see. I think I am going to play it though, just because Milwaukee. It's tough. I don't know whether to trust my numbers or not. Like last two weeks, this is the Buck starters have been amazing and it's just the bench. The problem is like, we'll talk about this more on tomorrow's show. The Knicks have an awesome bench. They're the doing bench that again. So an awesome yeah. bench. And so it's going to be like Buck's first quarter, Knicks first half, Buck's third quarter, Knicks full game. Yeah. Yeah. It probably it, gives a lot of opportunities to live bet. Uh, that's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, all right. To recap, Jim's on team total under on the Pacers, under on Boston, Indiana, and on and New Orleans plus four and a half. Uh, Joe likes Boston minus four and a half. Drew Holiday over on rebounds. Valanciunas double double. I'm on Pelicans plus four. We'll be back tomorrow as we re, as we give you the uh, full in depth cap on the two games on Tuesday before we get into the Wednesday slate. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out ActionNetwork.com and the Action Network app as well as YouTube.com/slash the Action Network. You can follow Jim Turvey on Twitter and in the Action Network app at Turvey Betts and Joe Delera at Joe Delera. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.